Okay, let's change the conversation. That's too much information. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Nikki Pope, your host for a hairdressing conversation. For this edition of Respectfully, I was joined by two people who have become great friends through their work with the Haircuts for Homeless. Stuart Roberts founded the charity seven years ago, organising volunteers around the UK to offer free hairdressing services to people in need. In recent years, eminent photographer Jack Eames has joined Stuart on many occasions to document this important work. Now the pair, along with session stylist Lee Keats, are planning to release a book of photographs to raise much-needed funding in order to keep haircuts for homeless on the road. I'm delighted to share the interesting and often emotional discussion we had, but don't worry, it's not all serious. We had plenty of laughs too. Jack's held up a few pictures while we've been speaking, but this is sound only, Jack, so our viewers oh, can't, is it? can't actually see. <laughs> yeah. I even brushed my hair, Nicky. I spent 15 no, minutes putting my backdrop up. No, that's all right, because I'm taking Hello and welcome to my respectfully studio, Jack Eames and Stuart Roberts. Lovely to see you. Hello. I can see you on my screen. Listeners can hear you. Great to see you, Nikki, and you, Stuart, as well, mate. Yeah, and you, mate. So, I've invited you to have a chat. We've just had um, a busy time in the industry. We've all been to Salon International and we're starting to, to get out and about and see people, which presumably is going to make a big difference to you, Stuart, as running Haircuts for Homeless. Just tell us a little bit about what the charity does for anybody who isn't familiar and also how it has been in the last year. Uh, well, it, it started uh, seven years ago on my own in Romford, just this first session where I did the hair for homeless people um, and it blew me away how much I enjoyed it. So then uh, pretty quickly, a few friends joined me, then a few other places said, can you come to us? Before we knew it, we had five or six and I thought this could be replicated. Um, and then leading up to the pandemic, we was on a real roll. After being on the uh, National Lottery advert, that really catapulted us. Yeah, you know, that was amazing. It was everywhere, you know, so that, that yeah. catapulted us. And we got to uh, 60 sites across the UK, um, 600 volunteers, and we'd done 40,000 haircuts. Wow. That was pre-pandemic. But the great thing about it is that we go somewhere where uh, homeless people go to get another service. So we're like a we're like a cuckoo. We 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 latch on and we do another service. So we've got a ready made clientele. People who might be going somewhere to help to get support with other things they need, like food or clothing or applying for benefits and things like that. Great. Yeah. So they, it's a ready ready made clientele, if you were. So um, people often kindly offer us their salon, say you can use us. You know, we we politely decline because we say no. We then have to get a guest there. So this is right. why the model works. Uh, you know, we, we come to the pandemic and then obviously everything stopped. But then April this year, when it, it launched, we then had to do it. You know, we, we started again, but yeah. it was a very slow process because we then had to, you know, we had to have health and safety and we had to, you know, I had to personally reopen everyone across the UK 
so right. that I knew that they were following procedures and, you know. Yeah, because you've got to keep your volunteers safe exactly. and also and the, guests. the guests safe, yeah. who are very often people who are quite vulnerable in terms of their yeah. own health, aren't they? Yeah, so, so you know, it was a, it was a, it's been a big, it's been a very busy year. Jack, can I just bring you in here as well? You're a photographer. So what's your relationship with Haircuts for Homeless? How did you get to know about it and work with Stuart? Yeah, I, I originally got in touch with Stuart um, because I've seen, you know, I was following the charity for a while and seen it come up in my various social media streams, and then I realised a mutual, um, you know, mate of ours, uh, and I'd worked with Lee Keats on and off over the years. Um, so I got in touch with Lee, and then I just ended up going directly to Stuart, and you know, we met up at um, Whitechapel Mission, which is a very particularly frontline. Um, session, wouldn't you say, Stuart? The, oh, yeah. The Whitechapel? Yeah. yeah. And we should explain, so Lee is your sort of third partner in the project we're going to talk about. He's actually a hairdresser, isn't he, who's come along? Yeah. Lee's, Lee's a session stylist, So he's, but with Lee, I think he's a good example of how, with you know the volunteers um, of Haircuts of Homes, we have people from serious, mega you know session stylists across the board to people who work just in the salons to people who might just have a, a, a chair in their garage or shed. And that's one of the lovely things, I think, Stuart, about the charities. Mm. There's no, um, anyone comes along. It's about seeing people as, as real people. And Stuart and your hairdressers, you're, you're affecting that transformation. And Jack, as a photographer, you're able to capture that moment and that relationship. Yeah, that moment and that relationship. That's you know that's a good way of putting it because I, being there, I document what, what you know we, cliche term as a before shot. Um, but you know the guests are always spoken to by Belinda Stewart's sister, and she works out whether they're going to be okay with having their pictures taken. So we do a before shot, we do an after shot, but then with the right people, I'll document the stages of the cut as well in a very you know candid, non-intrusive way, and also. I, at the right time with the right people I get involved with the conversations that are going on as well but equally as we all know when somebody's in the chair in the salon often they're private conversations and that's something that is from my point of view as a non-hairdresser and taking the pictures it's massive for me and I love documenting that that tenderness that touch that care yeah um because for me that's what so much of it's about it is transformative you know some of the guests haven't been touched for months or feel in yeah. a safe enough place to fall asleep because someone's touching them and cutting their hair yeah. and mm. it's beautiful so Stuart as a hairdresser and working on this for seven years now you've seen you must have seen so many different things what how do you explain the importance of a haircut I think any hairdresser in the country already knows that if they work in a salon or you know wherever they work, when you get a client in, um, you, you do such an array of clients over the week, and you do get the odd client comes in, and and the minute they come in, you know something's up. We're great empaths, so we yeah. we just feel it straight away, um, and then you know that those times when you get someone uh, who slowly opens up, you know, and you you, you see them lift. And then you show the magic mirror, you show yeah. that, and you see the <laughs> smile, and you see that. But I, I, I just what I say to hairdressers, you know, like you're already doing it, you're already seeing it, yeah. but, but you've got to multiply that 
by yeah. tenfold or a hundredfold because if someone is coming in having a bad day but then you've got someone you're meeting who's not had a shower for a month who's been yeah. beaten up who's been yeah you know it's it, treated really badly um then that transformation is so much more you know multiplied yeah yeah, yeah. and it can actually be really constructive if some it might make the difference between somebody being able to get a job or not mm. or to be given a chance at something you know whether it's finding a bed for the night or trying to get some support somewhere or you know presenting themselves yeah. in official circumstances i know you know i've seen we all, we all know it appearance can make a difference between how you're uh, how you're treated in that first instance when you arrive somewhere so i think it's 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 the transformative effect in the self esteem and the kindness you show, but it can also be incredibly constructive for somebody. Incredibly constructive, and also you know, Nikki, you yourself have been working in various homeless organisations for you know a long time now, and you still do. And you, know, you, your involvement is to talk through and to listen, but also have action on he- helping them with certain yeah. things, um, either shelters or healthcare and advice, or sometimes to listen. So you do know that when, you know, like you said, when, when their appearance, you know, and, and yeah. everyone should be able to have access to these things. I think it's as important as dental care or seeing the doctor. So you're right, the transformative and being able to go to an interview or someone's, you know, one of my first sessions, there was a guy who hadn't seen his son for six years and he was going to social services in Brighton that afternoon yeah. after yeah. you know one of the team had cut his hair in Whitechapel so it's massive and I think you know we mentioned earlier about where the locations are in terms of the trust I think you know Stuart was so right really early on to see that we're not going to do it in the salons you know that seven yeah. years ago it's got to be on site where they already feel a sense of trust and you, know, you must see this all the time when you talk to yeah. your guests, Nikki, that yeah. you know, get, getting that sense of trust, it takes a long time. 100%. I think things that we take for granted, even being able to get served in a shop or a cafe, you know, there are people who you've got the money and you've got every right to buy something, but because of your appearance or because you're perceived to be somebody who, you know, isn't wanted in that particular shop, you get might get moved on, you might not be allowed to sit down, you might be turned away or abused mm. or, or spoken to in a way that somebody else wouldn't be spoken to. Stuart, what do you need? So let's let's move to the sort of the nitty bitty of this. How do you get this charity to operate funding wise? So you need volunteers supporting, but what about funding? What do you need to pay for? How, what do you need from the industry? We're like a lot of small charities. We've found it a little bit of a struggle now, uh, post pandemic. Um, we have to sort of do what we can. We've got two great partners. We've got um, Zanotti and we've got L'Oreal who, yeah. who, you know, generously support us. But it's, it's when we look for a sponsor, it's not just a, a it's nice to have a cheque handed over. But, <laughs> you know, because, you, you, you know, that's what pays the bills. But at the same time, it's also that working partnership. So that right. you you know that it's 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 them getting involved with us and us getting involved with them as well. Uh, that's yeah. that's really important. So we we used to get quite a bit um, from the National Lottery at some time, but then they've changed a lot of the way they do it. So now's the time for us to look for more corporate sponsors. So from the yeah. top end of it is is any other brands or any other industries you know that want to get involved. Uh, that's important. 
Yeah, because they can help you open doors as well. As, as you say, the yeah. money is important, but it's the networking, it's having the backing, it gives you... Um, it gives you power. It makes you more visible. You know, it's yeah. a snowball effect, isn't it? Yeah, there's. I think next month there's the CEO sleep out. So I'm going to do the CEO sleep out. Um, but you know, one advantage of that is going to be able to meet a lot of CEOs. So yeah. <laughs> they're going to. Go, Have you seen this? This homeless bloke keeps annoying us all. You know, you're trying to get our head down. Is uh, you know. Have you heard about haircuts for homeless? But you know, I will. I will knock on a few sleeping bags that night. But um, and that's what you've got to do. You see, because. I, I, you know, I love other charities. I work a lot, you know, and support a lot of other charities in any way yeah. I can, yeah. you know, but they're all after the same thing as well. So, you know, you've got to sort of shout a little bit to get heard. You know, I yeah. love the Hair yeah. and Beauty charity. I've worked with a lot of homeless charities, ex-services, ex uh, uh, women's refuges, you know. Yeah. And if I had a magic pot, I'd help them all, but we all have to sort of bang our drum a little bit. And then the other thing is, is we need call to action for volunteers as well. Pre-pandemic, we had more than we could cope with. Um, yeah, more volunteers, we, yeah. We, we couldn't put them everywhere, you know, they were so great, especially that advert, there was like everyone wanted to come on board. But there's something, there's been a shift in a lot, a lot of things, and there's been a world shift since the pandemic. And I can't explain it, but it's been a little bit more difficult to, to, to get certain volunteers in certain areas. I think we've all got a bit scared. I think we've got um, economically scared, you know. Yeah. Can I really give up, you know, half a day, um, yeah. you know, because I, I need, in case it gets taken away again. But the yeah. thing is, is I'd like to, I like to quantify it now, is our minimum uh, requirement of a volunteer is two hours once every six weeks. Which right. only adds okay. up Which is, yeah. 16 hours a year, you know. Yeah. You can do it, you know, you can give. Yeah. And and trust me, it will re-energise your soul to keep yeah. you going for the next six weeks. You need volunteers to actually cut hair. And as you said, it can be just as, as two hours every six weeks. And you look after people, don't you? You make sure that the environment's safe, mm. that they have support. You're not asking people to go on their own somewhere unknown. They would work as part of a volunteer team, wouldn't they? Yeah, and that the great thing, one of the, one of the things that L'Oreal did for us, they helped us make some um, videos. And as soon as someone says, how do I volunteer? They yeah, get a video they... emailed and it just tells you exactly what you need to do. How do I become Brilliant. a team leader? Same thing. But also we've got one for a team leader that they send to a prospective partnership, that um, uh, an organisation, and it says what we can give them, but also what we expect from them. And that's support right. and protection and, and all the things we need. But yeah. um, I do want to say that it's a great experience. You know, it, 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 there are times you've got to be careful, you've got to be serious, you've got to be professional. But at the same time, we have a hell of a lot of fun. You know, yeah. some of those <laughs> sessions, they're just, aren't they? I mean, Jack's been at some and it's, it's, yeah. it's been really funny and really oh, great. Oh, yeah, the characters, humor, you mean? You know? Yeah, the characters. Yeah. I've had some of my best conversations at two o'clock in the morning in a school playground, <laughs> in, a, in, yeah. a, in a shelter. Yeah. Um, and it, it is that rip-roaring, honest humour, that, that immediacy of all of us sort of, you know, thrown into this situation and that companionship and intimacy... You know, we have a lot of belly laughs, don't we, Stuart? It's, yeah. Um, as, as you yeah. do as well, Nikki. Yeah. So, Jack, so let's come back to you. So, so Stuart needs volunteers, he needs money, he needs visibility. Well, what's your involvement with this? You've got this fantastic See Me, Hear Me book. T tell us about how, where that came from and what it is that you're trying to achieve with that. 
As Stuart touched on earlier, things have changed for the charity, certainly in terms of funding. And I've been shooting this project for just over two years now with Stuart. And then we just chatted, um, Lee, Stuart and I over a cuppa, and we've really ramped it up in the last four months to get a book published. So now, this is portraits, portraits of the guests at different so projects. So these are some befores and afters and some sessions in different parts of the country. We wanted to get a crowdfunder together to get the book printed. That was the only right. way we could get the book. Our target is £20,000. We've already met the um, printer, the chosen printer, and we're working on the book layout, but we've been... So this is um, a crowdfunder to launch funds for the book specifically, and then the book will be sold to get funds for the yeah. charity yeah. to operate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All profits, I must say, all profits. And the like the expenses for the book are the, the printing. We've we wanted a quality, uh, high end coffee table book, so that's raised the price a bit. Um, but everything above that, you know, everyone's put all their time in, and even we found a wonderful printer, um, who is doing it more or less at cost, you know, and is doing loads of extra work on top for free. So we've we've got a team of people that the biggest. Uh, priority is the book being perfect and something to be proud of um, yeah. and at the same time then whatever's left is going to go to help us continue doing our work for the next year you know yeah so this is will be a hardbound mm. book a coffee table book for want of a better description of just beautiful photography or beautifully taken photography which, as you say, Stuart, to me, it's, it's something as hairdressing industry, we can be proud that this is what hairdressing can achieve. Yeah. And it loops back to that comment we made earlier that it's really the ultimate story of a transformation, of, of haircut transformation yeah. and, and grooming. So it's something that every salon, every hairdresser, but also non-hairdressers will be interested in it as well. You know, yeah. the, the sort of consumer will be interested, if you like. I think it's it's beautiful. Yeah. Jack, how have, you, how have you decided what will go in and what... How, how did you even begin deciding what to put in from your years of documenting the work? Yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've been ruthless and ruthless. Uh, Stuart, Lee and myself, we started editing, I don't know, at the early point of this year. So we were looking at things more in terms of i think at that stage Stuart, you know around potential social media and things it wasn't massively about the book and then obviously like i said with the funding changes we ramped up the book so mary is my studio manager and we've been working on edits ruthlessly for the last three months as well and it's very tough we might even get you involved nikki because you've got an eye for <laughs> a good image so um delighted but you know it 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 sounds really cliche but it is what's happening with the face as well as the hair um, you know, we see so much of the story of the people in their eyes, their face, their hair, their clothes, their hands, their feet. So we've documented all different aspects from different sessions throughout the United Kingdom. And it's really fascinating from my point of view of seeing how there are different aesthetics in different parts of the country and diff I think different levels of poverty as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're trying to get a broad spectrum because what's also been lovely, coincidentally, I think, is in the last three months we've having much more uh, female guests. Yeah. Um, right. And we've been going to um, 
safe houses for for women around Limehouse and things, Salvation Army. Um, we've been going to an outreach support prison network in Peterborough. Um, there's, uh, they just have female sessions there for two hours and then we do the guys um, for two hours as well. So Peterborough's quite a long day, but some of their, their portraits, are, they're so strong, Nikki, aren't they, Stuart? Yeah. You know, the, the energy. And they're the very life. compelling. Because I think that's the other thing often, um, is, and why would people know this, but we talk about homeless as if there's just one kind of way of being homeless. And obviously the very visible way we see is people who literally are rough sleeping, which we might refer to as street homeless or rough sleepers. There's often a lot of people who are hidden homeless, isn't there, Stuart? People who are sofa surfing or who are in temporary accommodation or have had to take refuge somewhere. People who might even be holding down a job and and supporting a family, but they're homeless because, or even the whole family might be homeless because they don't have a home that's theirs. That's and that's exactly the point. It's homeless means you haven't got a home. Now, if yeah. you're, you know, you may have a room, in a multiple occupancy house, but it's not yeah. really your home. You know, yeah. Uh, you've got uh, some of these multiple occupancies. You are, uh, it's the luck of the draw who you're in, who you're put in with. So you may be lucky, but you may be very unlucky. You know, I've no, I've known a, a young lady, who you know, wrongly got put in a house and every other occupant was a man and she used to have to yeah. lock herself in. Yeah. Because they would yeah. have a drink and then they'd bother her, you know. So there's, there's, just because they're out of sight and off the street doesn't mean there's not the problem there. Yeah, yeah. And, and Stuart, we've been up to like Northampton, haven't we? Where, uh, sorry, Milton Keynes, where there's the residential YMCA and they're so yeah. young, Nikki. <laughs> so yeah. young for whatever reason you know they're having to live there um yeah we do get a lot of their stories and that's also where lee you know really yeah. comes in as co-author he's recording their stories um you know he's literally sat down um yeah. sort of nearby jotting them down and that's that's going to go into the book as well because a few people we've spoken to have said you know look you know pictures yet yeah, fine but we also need some words in here yeah um yeah. so that's been crucial um so yeah i mean look the the crowdfunder is to raise money to get the book printed and like Stuart said all proceeds go straight back into this charity so they can yeah. continue doing the great work that they do because i think what we've yeah. realized over the last few months is haircuts for homeless like any other organization we don't have the solution for homelessness yeah. but we we do make a difference for our guests lives and also we're, we're a very that's one of the things that got me involved Nikki is it's so immediate the guests mm. don't have to sign up for anything they don't have to go yeah. to meetings beforehand or someone doesn't turn up or the building's shut or you know all the usual things around housing benefit and yeah. you know social security systems now that immediacy of a haircut is just wonderful and they're every six weeks as well which yeah. again for me as a non-hairdresser knowing that this is incremental and the trust that the guests have for Stuart and his team at all the different sessions that I've photographed it just builds up it builds up and what what beautiful thing that is it's, it's unconditional it's giving people their self-respect back I mean you know yeah. you try sitting on a pavement with a cup in front of you begging it's not it's not the easy option. It's not, it's not something that people do because they're too... Well, the vast majority of cases is not because somebody has chosen to do that. It's like a last resort. And yeah. it's, it's 
a, an awful way to, to spend the day. Mm. So I think if we can gradually give people some sense of self-respect back with a haircut and one that they know they can keep coming back to in a safe environment, I mean, that's such an amazing gift. So call to action. We need to get the crowdfunding complete to print the book, but we need people to buy the book. So I will be putting up on all our channels the ways people can get involved. But that's basically it, isn't it, Stuart? We want people to donate for the crowdfunder, which is going well, but part of that is the donation will buy them the book or get access to a first edition. But let's go ahead and buy more copies, gift it to people. What an amazing yeah. present. For I mean, I think our target, I mean, it's not our only target, it's not our sole, but it is like, you know, a copy of this book on nearly every salon in the country, in nearly every barbershop in the country, you know, that 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 would be an amazing thing anyway, but then it's outside of that. You know, I can see it in boutique hotels, in little bookshops, and you know, it's it's not purely for that. It's just that it's the obvious market. You know, it's the first one you think. You know, because I go back to when I had a salon for thirty years, and I'd often give out fifty pounds to different things locally, but I'd quite like to have something that then I've got something really beautiful arrive through the post, packaged lovely. Yeah. That I can then be proud to put there, and if I go, oh, yeah. this is, you know, and people comment, you know, and, yeah, and people is... be aware of what our industry does. So that's that's really, and it's for a very small outlay, you know, as well. Yeah. But on I our crowdfunder, so. there's all these rewards. So you know, if you've had a tough year, many of us have, you can stick a couple of quid in, you know. Yeah. But if you've, you know, if things are going well, you know, there's there's something like there's one for a hundred pounds. You can come to the actual book launch. There's things like yeah, that, so you know, different so there's all different levels. levels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If people jump on and have a look, you can you can participate at almost any level. It's, an, it's going to be beautiful. We know Jack's work is, you know, there, there's no question about that. We know what you do. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful um, book to have. Perfect gift or or a thank you for somebody who's done yeah. well in the salon. Yeah. It's, you know, treating your team, just thinking 50 quid in, a, in the bar isn't going to go very far. No. Why not have the book instead? Yeah. It's all the money you spend on the magazines that you throw away every month, yeah. wouldn't it be better if every client had the book to leave through during yeah. during an appointment? You know, just cancel that subscription for a couple of months on <laughs> yeah, something else yeah. and, and apart, get the book. Apart from Respect magazine. <laughs> so, yes, apart from my, my projects, obviously. Uh, or contribute. No, it's good. And I think we all can do things in our way. We're going to have you with us at the show in November in Battersea. Thanks for um, that. We're really going to give you a, a platform there. But yeah. that, that's hopefully really kind, that, Nikki. Yeah. Yeah, no, you. that's, well, it's the least we can do. But hopefully on that night, we can give people an update also of how things are going yeah. and, and show them some of the, the imagery from the book. I know Jack's held up a few pictures while we've been speaking, but this is sound only, Jack, so... Obvious. Oh, oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I even brushed my I hair, spent, Nikki. Come on. I spent 15 no, I, minutes putting my backdrop up. No, that's not right, I've taken a few pictures He's even put his trousers on today. <laughs> I've even got my trousers on. Yeah, that's unusual for me. <laughs> okay, let's change the conversation. That's too much information. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Let's do what we can to really support, a, you know, this, this, it's a no-brainer. Mm. This, this mm. project, what you do, Haircuts for Homeless, it's brilliant for hairdressing, it's brilliant for the perception Absolutely. of our industry. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, like you touched on, Nick, it's sometimes a very fine line, isn't it? You know, when things aren't going right for whatever reason, where it's, you know, yeah. 
a relationship job. breakup or a job situation yeah. or you could be yeah. some trauma out of money. i think yeah i think if there's no one there to scoop you up then you yeah know, it, you, absolutely you're gone best of luck we'll keep with you let's walk together on this one yeah absolutely thank you. thank you for your support nikki it's great thanks nikki i really appreciate it what an uplifting conversation my respect to jack stewart and lee please do jump onto the crowdfunder for the see me hear me book You'll find a link in the show notes or search Haircuts for Homeless on crowdfunder.co.uk. Remember, it's Haircuts, the number four, and Homeless. For more hairdressing conversations, visit the Respectfully Library on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. Please do rate and review us too. I'm Nikki Pope. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>